0: Hi everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Inspired Churches podcast. We're a church in Union City that loves Jesus. Our hope is that you'd be inspired to grow in God's word as reflected in loving Christ more and more every day. So wherever you are, be a light. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspiredchurches.com. Happy Easter Sunday. On Friday night, we we grieved and we mourned the death of Jesus, but Sunday was coming, and today we celebrate our resurrected Savior. And I have to, today, I have to tell you, today is especially special for us. I feel like our... Easter service has been resurrected. We were in the grave the last two years. Uh, uh, Last year, actually, we were outside at the BART station because um, we could not meet indoors publicly. And because we're a mobile church, can you believe we shut the church down for 16 months? But I'm going to tell you what, the church wasn't shut down because Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. 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 And so the year prior to that, we celebrated in our homes. And so this is really the first year, well, the first time in the last three years that we are able to gather together um, on Easter. And as we celebrate that, I also don't want to, I don't want to forget that the many who have suffered and are suffering currently, we have a tendency to forget. We're here uh, uh some things have, you know, opened up, and but we can't forget that death is still facing people every day. And so um, as we celebrate resurrection, I don't want to be insensitive um, to many of you in here, maybe who this past two years, this has been a difficult time. My name is Philip Muella. I am the lead pastor here at Inspire Church. For those who don't know me, we meet every Sunday we turn the Crown Plaza into a church, amen, amen. and uh, we worship our king, and so I am just so grateful to see the building packed out. We have a long text to read. I know it's Easter, and I'm supposed to make it nice and short, but for those of you who are regular members, you know I just don't know what short is, um, but if you, uh, if you need to go, I, hey, I, there is no problems. But I, we have a long verse to read. And I want to invite Pastor Roger and Pastor Jeffrey to help break up the monotony of the text. It's going to be uh, from John chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can open them. John chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 44. Now, this isn't going to be a traditional Easter text, And I don't mean that in a negative way. I wrestled with this, but it will be a text that will honor and glorify Jesus as the resurrection and the life. And so John 11 verses 1 through 44, but I want to really just say by way of questioning, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe that he has power over sin and death? Because if he has resurrection power, then you must call him God. If he has the power to raise the dead, then he in fact is king and savior and God. And so this morning's text is all about how we glorify the God, glorify God through the glorification of the Son, and seeing the Son's resurrection power over the dead, so that we would all believe that Jesus, without a doubt, is not just a man, but he's so much more that he is God, he is Lord, and so let us read John eleven verses one through forty four.
2: Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus.
1: So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to to
2: Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day?
1: Then Jesus told them plainly,
2: Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may
1: die with him. Now Jesus, when he came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out and met him, but Mary
2: remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the
1: tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said,
2: Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by the time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted his eyes up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me.
1: When he said these things, he cried out, With a loud voice, Lazarus come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go.
0: Uh, This Easter morning to celebrate your resurrection, but we also reflect on the fact that you didn't just rise, but you are the resurrection. And so I pray that your word would fall on good soil, that the ears would hear, the heart would see what your spirit is saying, and I pray that you would be with us. Holy Spirit, work through this text. Do what you only can do. Raise dead things to life, and we pray these things in Christ's resurrected name, amen. Amen. The story begins with an urgent message sent to Jesus. He whom you love is terminally ill. Have you ever received this kind of gut wrenching news? The kind of news that someone, only someone who's been through it can truly comprehend. Have you ever been on the side of hearing news about someone you love that they were deathly ill? And the gospel writer John not only identifies Lazarus, the one who is sick, as Jesus's close friend, but he also emphasizes the deep bond that Jesus shares with Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha. You know, we all have friends, but there's something special about those friends that we have where we're even friends with their family. I mean, we all love our friends, but those bonds go deeper when our friendship goes beyond our friends and into our mother mothers and their fathers. It's like it's family. And it's with these relational bonds, these deep bonds in mind, that we readers would expect Jesus, upon hearing that his close friend is terminally ill, we would expect Jesus to drop everything and come quickly to Lazarus' side. Yet, instead, the text describes Jesus doing something counterintuitive. And at least from a human perspective, Jesus does something that is unsettling, insensitive, and borderline seemingly disrespectful. We're told that Jesus doesn't come. In fact, we're told that Jesus deliberately delays. And while delaying deliberately, Lazarus dies. And then Jesus has the audacity to tell his disciples, and I'm glad. Did you catch that in the text? Have you ever needed God to come through quickly? Have you ever needed God to come through quickly and has God, for some reason, delayed Have you ever prayed urgently? Have you ever prayed urgently and felt as if God was choosing to remain silent? Have you ever experienced a dark season in your life and wondered, God, where are you? God, how could you? My marriage is struggling. My health is failing. My family is hurting. My children are disobeying. My heart is breaking. God, do you even care to respond? Are you there? Two verses in the text explain it all. In fact... This is the part of the movie that you don't want to fall asleep on. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? That one part that if you miss it, you miss the whole movie. This is it right here. And I recognize that as I say that, some of you might have to use the restroom. You're excused. That's okay. But you really want to hold it right here. In fact, if you miss this point, your entire Sunday morning Easter experience at Inspire will be a bust. If you miss this, Y'all ready? Two verses, two verses. I want you to look at what Jesus says. First of all, in verse four, upon hearing that his close friend Lazarus was ill, Jesus says, this illness is not unto death. Lazarus dies though. But I want you to know what Jesus said. He says, death isn't gonna have the final say here. Listen, listen, listen. He says, this illness is not unto death. And he says, here's the key. It is for what? The glory of God. So that the son of God may be glorified through it. Further down in verse 14. Here's the second. Pay attention. Jesus says, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there. Here it is again. So that you may believe. Are you ready? God. God allows. Y'all ain't going to like this. And it's okay. Next Sunday, there's other churches you can go to, but I need to preach the truth of the word. God will permit. God allows. God permits suffering and loss in order to bring Him glory, capture your attention, and invite you into deeper faith with His Son, Jesus Christ. This is a difficult truth. It's a painful truth, but it's absolutely necessary for you to understand. You see the difference between God's love and human love is in what we prioritize. You see, we prioritize, you and me, we prioritize and we pursue what is temporary, don't we? We run after temporary pleasures, temporary pursuits. We urgently desire quick fixes, don't we? We prioritize, we pursue what is temporary. But the difference between God's love, divine love, And our love, human love, is what is prioritized. While we prioritize what is temporary, God prioritizes eternity. This is why many reject the Christian faith. In fact, some of you were invited here today and you reject the faith because of this. This is why many walk away from the Christian faith. Some have walked with Jesus and have left Jesus. Why? I'll tell you why. Because God values eternity, he's more concerned about your trust in his son Jesus than he is concerned about your safety security, comfort, health, or wealth. Jesus does not want to be an ornament in your life. He does not want to be a lucky rabbit's charm. Jesus does not want to be a genie in the bottle. He wants to be Lord over everything. As a result, at times, God will permit pain so that his son Jesus might be glorified and so that you might believe. As tragic as Lazarus' death was, it actually becomes a platform for the son of God to place his resurrection power on display. When Jesus finally arrives, John details the fact that Lazarus's body has been buried in the tomb for four days. It's one of those random details, but I want you to know nothing is random in the scripture. Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. And so if he puts a detail, there's a reason why he's highlighting this detail. Are y'all with me? Lazarus's body has been buried for four days. Now, Jewish superstition at the time suggested that a soul would hover around its grave. Once the body died and was buried, the superstition of the time was that the soul would hover around its grave for three days. And that in hovering around the grave for three days, it it would look to reunite with its body. But once those three days passed, there was no longer any hope of resuscitation. And at that point, it would take only a creative act from God himself to resurrect the body. Are you with me? Do you see what John's doing? Now, upon Jesus's arrival, both Mary and Martha will come to him on separate occasions, but they'll say the same thing. Lord, if you would have been there, my brother would not have died. Y'all see that? Lord, if you would have been there. And I just want to take a detour. Just a side note. I want you to notice how Jesus responds. He doesn't get angry with them. I mean, they came up to him, and I honestly believe that this was a sincere question of grieving in their hearts, but nonetheless, they said, Jesus, if you would have just came on time, If you would have just been here when we called, if you would have just came here, then my brother would still be alive, but because you didn't come, because you deliberately delayed, he's dead. But notice how our precious, gracious Savior, Jesus, responds. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't rebuke them. He deals with them gently and compassionately. I love this. Aren't you glad we serve a God who is not afraid of or infuriated with questions? Oh, there must be only a few of you that serve that God. I'm glad that I serve a God that is not infuriated with, that is not afraid of or intimidated by our questions. Some of you have been raised in church and you think, God, don't question God. No, 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 no. Jesus says, come Mary and Martha, compassionately. And they come and they say, Jesus, where were you? And he doesn't deny them, rebuke them or send them away. But he listens Aren't you glad we serve a God who invites us to come to him in our pain? Aren't you glad that we serve a God who invites us to come to him in our grief, in our deep disappointment, and to ask God, where were you? God, if you, I don't mean no disrespect, but if you, you would have been there And Jesus not only listens, but Jesus enters into their grief. And he grieves with them. Y'all see that? In fact, it's from this story where we get the shortest verse. You want to memorize a verse? Here it is. It's from this story where we get the shortest verse, yet maybe one of the most profound verses in all of the Holy Scripture. Are you ready for it? Jesus wept. Right here, right before Jesus is about to display his divine power, he first displays his gentle humanity. Hmm, what a God we serve! There's none like him. Other religions have gods, but there is no God that carries such divine power and such human gentleness perfectly. Jesus was God, yet he was the most gentle human on the planet. Fully God, fully man. Jesus Christ, the revelation of God weeping now I want you to notice this notice that Mary and Martha display some faith they really believe that Jesus had the power to heal Lazarus' disease do you see that I mean, what, what they were basically saying is Jesus, if you would have been there, you would have had the what? Power to heal my brother's disease. Y'all see that? Notice Mary and Martha display some faith. Some of y'all know where I'm going? Yeah. No, notice Jesus, you have the power to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. They believed that Jesus had the power to heal Lazarus disease. They had no doubt yet. They could not fathom that Jesus could actually raise the dead. I mean, Martha says, I, I know you, you could ask God. Mm. Y'all see that? I know you could ask God and he can give you what you ask. Martha is saying, I know that you're the mediator. Like, I know you're special. You're like Moses. I, I know that you are the Christ. I, I know that you, you, are, you and God have a really special connection. Y'all see that? Some faith. A little bit of faith. Limited faith. Sure, Jesus had been given the power to heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases, but there was no way that he could overcome death and decay. That's impossible. Death is final. And Lazarus had now been laying in the tomb for four days. I mean, of course Jesus was sent by God. And of course Jesus might have been able to resuscitate Lazarus, but only God himself could come down and provide that body with resurrection life. Y'all see this? Do you get it yet? Do you see it yet? Are you starting to comprehend God's divine love, Jesus delays. But imagine if he didn't. Imagine if Jesus would have shown up on time. And imagine if Jesus would have immediately answered their cries to heal their brother. If he would have done that, they would have remained stuck in their limited faith. They would have remained stuck with the revelation of Jesus as a healer. They would have saw Jesus as not only a healer from God but they would have never experienced Jesus as God who raises the dead. I want you to know Jesus loves Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They are disciples, they are followers. I don't wanna insinuate or pontificate or think about where they saved or not saved, but I want you to know that the faith is moving. Jesus is drawing it out. And John is writing this story so that you would believe. Again, do you, did you, do you get it? Do you see it? Do you understand God's divine love? La- Jesus delays. And then what happens? Lazarus dies. And, and John makes it clear. It's been four days. And his soul is gone. And his body is decomposing. It's starting to smell. Yet Jesus says, for your sake, I am glad because that decomposing corpse is going to provide a platform for me to demonstrate my divine glory and my resurrection power so that you might believe that I am more than just a teacher, that I am more than just a prophet sent from God, that I am more than just a healer, but that I am God in the flesh. And so God is glorified by glorifying the son through the resurrection power so that you might believe. Hmm. hmm. That decomposing corpse, what a phrase. Is gonna become a platform for the resurrection power of Jesus that they may know that his disciples may know that those who gathered around the tomb may know and that those who came to inspire church on Easter Sunday may know that you may know what? That you may know that the resurrection is not just a doctrine to confess, Is the resurrection is not just a day to celebrate or a Sunday to get dressed up and to attend that the resurrection is not just a religious sentiment we tell people at funerals to make them feel a little better wow. But Jesus said so that you might believe Here it is that I am the resurrection and the life. I love that. He didn't say, I'm the source of resurrection. He said, Resurrection happens because of me. He said, I am. I embody it. I am life. I am resurrection. Mary and Martha, you're looking to a future date. Yes, I know the resurrection will come. It's a doctrine that we confess. Jesus no, no, no. The resurrection is come. He is in front of you. If you knew that the resurrection wasn't just words to confess or a a Sunday to celebrate. If you knew the resurrection was a person to believe. Y'all hear that? If you knew that the resurrection was a person to believe... He says, you who are living, you'll never die. And those who are dead, they'll live again. If you believe. That's divine love. I, I, don't misunderstand me. God is very concerned about your here and now. I don't want to paint a picture of this divine, authoritarian in the sky. Who could care less about your day-to-day? That's not the God that we serve. That's not the Jesus of the scripture. What I want to say, though, the priority of God is not just your temporary, but he is concerned about your eternity. You could say that we're nearsighted and God sees the big picture, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Hmm, What a promise. As we get ready to close. I want you to see this in Christ is eternal life. Y'all hear that in Christ out of Christ is death in Christ is eternal life. In Christ is resurrection. Those who truly believe yo, I love this. I am so glad that Jesus uses the word believe. Those that believe, He doesn't say those who obey all the rules. Hmm. He doesn't say those that go to church on Easter. He doesn't say those who had a really good life like Pastor Phil and grew up with his mom and dad and they went to church and they had everything they wanted. No, no, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say those who do good works. He doesn't say, man, you were a really bad person, but if you do good things. He doesn't say that. He says, those, the one work, the only work that matters is a work that you don't have to sweat for. Jesus says, I did the work on the cross. So those who would what? Believe. Those who would what? Trust. Hmm. This is the priority of God's divine love, not your health, not your wealth, not your safety, security, or comfort, not your American dream, not in the Bay Area, we really need a house. That's not his priority for you. I'm sorry to tell you there are Preachers that I believe are teaching you a false gospel that are telling you that if you just would believe, you would have money and you would be healthy. In fact, there are some of you here today, you were told that if you only believed, you would get better. Then you didn't get better, so it's your fault. That's not the God that we serve. I'm going off on a tangent. I need to get back to my notes so we can finish. Not your health not your wealth or your comfort, and I want you to know God's concerned about those things, but that on this earth, God would be glorified. You're not the main character. That God would be glorified. So how will we glorify this God? Through the Son, who has resurrection power. God would be glorified because the Son is God. And then a residual, a byproduct of that glorification is that you would believe and that if you would believe you would never die and that you would join in with him in his glory and we would live in all of eternity, treasuring the beautiful, lovely glory of God. And just in case they thought Jesus was tripping. And just in case many of you in here think, because you watch a couple of, I don't know, YouTube theologians, that Jesus was metaphorically speaking. This was a spiritual idea. Just in case that there would be doubters and haters and unbelievers because they're everywhere. Jesus says, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Everything that we just said Everything that I just said, I am the resurrection. I'm going to back it up. Like this check isn't going to bounce. Like I got receipts and here's what it looks like. Let's go to Lazarus tomb. Let's go to Lazarus tomb. The text tells us that Jesus approaches the tomb. Y'all with me? The text tells us that as he approaches the tomb... He was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Why would he be troubled? He's about to raise him from the dead. Oh, there's something deeper. Y'all ready? Check this out. The Greek, New Testament, written in the Greek. The Greek word that is used here for deeply moved is the same word that is used to describe a horse's snorting. You can laugh. A deep snorting of a horse now we're a bunch of city sleepers over here there might be some farmers in a building we don't really know, but this is a deep snorting of a horse now what in the world is being communicated because all around the tomb did you know that jews hired professional whalers they paid them and people were really good at it some of you be really good at it too y'all know how to cry like that make a living The professional whalers would come around and they would scream and yell theatrically, right? Cry. But Jesus at the tomb burns with righteous anger and a holy hatred for sin and death. Y'all see that? Like a fighter staring down his opponents in the ring like a father fighting for the safety of his family Jesus was preparing to confront his creation's greatest and final enemy Reflecting on this moment, theologian B.B. Warfield writes, Jesus approached the grave of Lazarus in a state not of uncontrollable grief, but of irrepressible anger. He goes on to say, It is death that is the object of his wrath. And behind death, him who has the power of death, and whom he has come into the world to destroy. His soul is held by rage, and he advances to the tomb as a champion who prepares for conflict. And death would prove no match for the God of this universe. So he commands the stone to be rolled away. Martha, still struggling in her limited faith, says, no, 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 master. He's been dead four days. He's going to smell. Jesus responds, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So the stone is rolled away, and with a loud and full voice, full of divine glory, full of tenderness and mercy, full of power, Jesus calls to the tomb and commands the corpse, Lazarus, come out. It's been said that if Jesus had not used Lazarus' name, every tomb in that entire region would have responded to the Savior's voice and the dead would have begun to rise all over Bethany so he had to say Lazarus because all those bodies were waiting to come alive Jesus says Lazarus
1: come out It's a constant thought I think of, I guess I dream of. What does death look like? It feels like gray mornings with no color, no feeling, no flutter. It's cluttered, isn't it? The thought of someone never returning. We see death every day. A dying man comes to our doorsteps like newspapers in a digital society, unwanted. Worthy news, yet unworthy we choose and refuse to accept. Have you ever witnessed this world consume life? Over consume life? With no warning like Midwest thunderstorms approaching out of nowhere, bringing in lightning flashes, clashes of natural disaster taking what really mattered, these moments scattered on calendar days, connecting the dots, creating this maze we were never meant to get out of, depressed by death, literally pressed with unanswered prayers of what could have been, how could that have been, the last time with him or her. Burr is an expression of the coldness it feels like like winter approaching out of order out of sequence this wasn't the time we thought death would come death comes unexpected taking from us the thing we cherish most like a thief in the night unannounced it feels like a dream kind of awake but not woke warm neither hot nor cold feeling like I'm next, seeing the signs of defeat like scoreboards, displaying a losing score. My inner being, my core, is preaching its final breath, breathing heavy in and out. More sin in than out. It wasn't always like this. I once was alive and well, walking in beautiful harmony amongst an uplifting family, such a spiritual feeling, doing everything that felt prospering, conquering, consuming the word like a bear cherishes sweet honey, praying normally if having conversations with the first love, Jesus, my first real love, Giddy, overwhelming, overwhelming these rhythms of life that were contributing to a glimpse, of life everlasting joy flowing in the morning you can feel it you know it like sun rays cascading through souls there is a bright light beaming from my inner being when i am walking in the sun s o n but now then what happened i've substituted selfishly Rapidly replacing exchanging rhythms for one-off solos even hiding nobody knows Fulfilling that flesh-eating satisfying worldly meaning replacing foundational gospel ideals with shaking and diminishing fundamental foundation idols Substituting my savior for saviors to savor a life not worth living dead It feels like a dream kind of spiritually dead not where I want to be instead consciously lost tossed and crossed in this mix of sin self and sadness it was never my death wish but here I am my fam feeling madness concerned crying confused on why this savior would allow me to recklessly wander stumble fall and die. did you not hear their cry could you not hear their plea your response feels quite echoing empty echoing and echoing in this dream it reminds me of a tomb me laying in that room like lazarus i see concrete now i feel concrete under my feet cold condensation i hear conversations about my life my fellow brothers and sisters warning silently screaming for my salvation but what hope can we find in the misery amongst the ashes What Savior can save me from the death call that has already fallen on the trajectory of my life? What man can call me out of the tomb that has already been sealed, Peel back these layers like thick layers of rubber skin which have hardened my heart? Who can pardon everything I've done? No one. But only the judge whose law is written with love who is a father who gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth we will see his will done the glory of God revealed that this life has already been purchased bought with blood we just have to believe. And these losses will convert to a status that reads 1-O-N-E. Jesus is one with the Father. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. He's calling, and I've only had to listen and open my eyes to the light of His word. John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. I can hear Him calling like muffled noise, breaking past soundproof pride divide his voices echoing back now past the stone covering my tomb past the scars of sin like reopening a bleeding womb he Pushes past with father-like love, confronting those who are saying I am too far gone, reminding me with humble position, should they believe they will witness this glory, his glory, the glory of God, and with his voice he commands, sounding so gracious yet so powerful, like snow falling in the midst of a blizzard, soft yet demanding it's a beautiful call, come out! My innermost cannot help but respond, picking up the physical components of my body, moving forward toward his light, this light peeling off the grave-like clothes that remind me of my past failures, flaws. He continually draws me near. The more I reach out to him like reaching for the hand-like lifeline. At the edge of a cliff, he is swift to pull me up above the surface of the grave that once felt nine feet deep. I'm alive. I'm well. I'm redeemed. I have life and life everlasting with Christ Jesus, who allowed the unexpected, so that I may be truly resurrected with Him, not for a moment, but for forever. So forever, my response will be hallelujah and a thousand hallelujahs more.